Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Dinner party guests, dreamers, lovers of household sitting rooms and mass-produced luxury goods, people fond of machine-printed wallpaper, hand-painted porcelain, strictly for display use only, and those who like their homes to look like cluttered shop windows and who hold progressive middle-class values such as respect for non-conformity, self-direction, autonomy, gender equality, and the encouragement of innovation, this is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike, and joining me are my fellow lovers of sitting room culture, AJ and John. <laughs> Every week, I'm just bringing the goods. Uh, yeah, sometimes I feel this 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 show is wasted. You know, like I really think it should have it should be it should be nationally syndicated. It should be global. I mean, you don't hear that stuff on Joe no, Rogan. No, you don't. You know, he just he just rolls up a fatty with with Elon Musk, and that's that's then that's good, is it? Well, it's a good episode, but. Excellent work, Ricky. <laughs> As always. As always. And AJ, how are you? I'm good. Good, good times. Okay, all right. Well, uh, so this is The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, 1972. Uh, did, did, this, did you subject your partners to this movie? No. No, no. My wife was out for this one. Okay. She planned that. No, but you, I think... She had a spidey sense. <laughs> she did dodge a bullet, I think. A side boob sense. She was like, oh, I sense that this I've is not... i got a not, sense in my I'm side boob. <laughs> After last week. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, this... But this is a... You know, this is a successful movie. Uh, very, very successful uh, critically and commercially. So... AJ... Would you be surprised to learn that this took out the Oscar for Best Original? I was film? surprised to hear that. <laughs> and nominated for Best Original as well. Best Original is going oh. So there you go. It was, a, it was a, you know, it's lauded and it's, you know, well mm. regarded. 73. That's some long, is that 50 years ago? How the fuck long ago is that? Is that 49 years ago? Someone do maths. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I yeah. think so. 40. It's a long time, eh? So half century mm-hmm. old. And, uh, and you know, haven't we progressed? I mean, now we've got, um, you know, not only Chris Hemsworth <laughs> playing Thor, but also Natalie Portman <laughs> playing Thor in the same we have movie. So I feel like that's, that's doing the same stuff. So, you know, I mean, they were talking about uh, class struggles and that. And, and so, so are we in a way, I mean, uh, I guess. Um, on, you know. <laughs> But anyway, perhaps uh, I'll, I'll tell you what the film's about. Equity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Equity. Equity. S'il vous plaît, nous pouvons passer à table. Je te fais confiance. Je prendrais bien du caviar, mais j'ai peur qu'il soit pas de très bonne qualité. J'ai peine à croire que le fossé entre les pauvres et les riches se creuse chaque jour, excellent. Écoute-moi, est-ce que tu es libre samedi pour déjeuner Samedi, très bien. 
Je n'ai rien de prévu. Mais enfin, où sont monsieur et madame Ils sont partis. C'est ma femme qui est dans ta chambre Oui. Je crois que ma place n'est pas ici. Qu'est-ce qui t'arrive Oh, rien. Un rêve absurde. Ah, les rêves. We follow a group of bourgeois friends, Francois, we're just going to have to, okay, I need to apologize, dear listener, we're Australian, (laughs) all right? So, our French, I must say our French is, it's not good, and we sound like, yeah, from Botany Bay (laughs) in, uh, you know, like fucking 1800, so it's, it's not good. So anyway, apologies. We follow a group of uh, bourgeois friends, Francois and Simone Thievenot, and her sister Florence, uh, they are two blonde-haired ladies, along with another gentleman, Don Raffaella Acosta, who is an ambassador, we'll get into him in a second, the, to the house of another couple, uh, Alice, or Alice uh, and Henri Seneschal. Now, that's a lot of French names. <laughs> we really only know what one of them does for a living, and that's Don Raphael Acosta, played by Fernando Rey. I know who he is. Uh, he's the ambassador for the fictitious Republic of Miranda. But we do know that the rest of the people in the group are all rich and spend most of their time eating and talking about the rules and manners of refinement. So the group arrive at, at the Seneschal's house to discover that there's been a misunderstanding. Alice, uh, the host, had no idea that a dinner had been had been planned. Dis- disappointed but not uh, deterred, Francois, one of the guests, one of the, the male guests, to suggest that they they try to get supper at a local inn he knows of. Despite the late evening, uh, they manage to get a uh, get in and get seated, but the place is empty and there's a strange mood amongst some of the wait staff. And just as as they're about to order, it's revealed that the new owner has suddenly died that day. Now, our gang are upset to find that the man's body has not been removed and is lying in the back along with his grieving wife. Obviously, that dinner is a bust. So, a couple of days later, uh, the ambassador, uh, Acosta, uh, meets Henri and Francois. So, we've got all of our males uh, in the group. They meet at the Embassy of Miranda and we learn that he's been smuggling coke into the country and we also learn that he's been targeted by a Maoist terror sect from his home country. Uh, and he messes with one of them uh, who is outside, a, a female who we'll see again. The second attempt to have a meal at the Seneschal's is again interrupted, this time because the hosts sneak off to the garden to have sex, which spooks the ambassador and Francois, who flee thinking they've been targeted for a raid. So they, they bundle everyone up and they leave. The Seneschal's return from their garden quickie to find the house empty, except for a new guest, Monsignor Dufour, a bishop who has come to their house to become their gardener. And they boot him out because he's he's already dressed as a gardener. He's taken the clothes <laughs> from their garden house. Uh, but they're much more welcoming when he returns in bishop garb. And we learn about the bishop's childhood. His parents were murdered, uh, poisoned uh, with arsenic when he was a boy by their gardener. 
So the women of the group visit the next day, presumably, visit a tea house that is out of everything (laughs) except water. And instead of a fancy meal, uh, they're given a story by a soldier at a nearby table. Basically, his mother died and his father sent him to military school, whereby his mother's ghost appeared to him and told him that his father was in fact not his father, but the man who killed his father in a duel over his mother. Okay? (laughs) Got it. And then the boy poisons his father, who is not his father. (laughs) Okay? Got it. So, Simone... (laughs) Yes, good. Simone uh, and the ambassador... Uh, are having an affair. So this is this is well, one of the other group. Uh, two of the people in the group are having an affair and their tryst is interrupted by the oblivious husband who takes her away. Uh, and it's also uh, hotly followed by the terrorist from earlier, a uh, young lady who also attempts to assassinate uh, the ambassador, uh, but he gets the jump on her. And after rebuffing his sexual advances, having her, uh, he has her taken by by police. Now, there are more attempts to have dinner that are interrupted, a group of army officers doing manoeuvres nearby, all of whom must be catered for. Uh, the gang also arrive at another home, only to discover that they are actually on stage in front of a, an, a, an audience. Uh, another time, uh, you know, the ambassador is insulted by everyone at a party and uh, ends up shooting another guest. And, and the final uh, one in which the entire group are killed by terrorists. These are also interspersed with... Dreams within dreams. Some of these are the dreams of other people's <laughs> dreams. And uh, we close on a recurring image that we see throughout the film uh, of the group walking with purpose along an empty road. That's the discreet <laughs> charm of the bush will be. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you weren't impressed, AJ. No, I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was good. You didn't like it? No, um, I... I, I didn't watch it in optimal conditions, to be honest. Right. Like I, I watched it twice, so I, I enjoyed it the second time more, actually. Mm. Uh, but the first time I watched it, I was pretty tired. So yeah. I don't know. Not it's idea. Not, no. I think you have to be. I think you have to be alert for a movie like this. You know. I always say with with proper movies, uh, you need to be fed and watered. Mm. So it's like you can't have any, you know. Any distractions or, or, or stuff you got, you just got to really be. It's got to be perfect because, you know, it's, it needs you need to work a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think feel like you've got to watch it a couple of times. You do, and I can attest. I, this film gr- grows, mm. uh, and I encourage everyone to, to rewatch it because it's it's it yields uh, a lot with every with every viewing. I've seen it a lot of times now, and um, I think maybe the first time I saw it a long time ago. Uh, you know, I didn't really obviously. Well, I still don't really get yeah. it, but 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 I certainly didn't didn't understand any of it. You know, but then, <laughs> oh, but then as you keep, you just get lo- lost in in the characters, and you start to see all the little details, mm. and then you start to try and solve it in your head. You say, "Well, wh- whose dream is this? Is or what's the?" So you try and lay it down like Inception. So, uh, you know, Inception. It's Inception. Um, <laughs> With dinner parties instead of shooting and, and whatever the fuck else they do. In that <laughs> so it's it basically, you know, no, but it, it, it's, a, it's a delight. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll get on to what I think in a sec. But the first things first. Now, the bourgeoisie isn't a word that I say a lot. No. And, well, it's not really. and Because I, I looked into it. Now, so the middle, so I've, here we go. So it's the middle class, 
typically with reference to its perceived materialistic values or conventional attitudes. Now, I do know that in the UK, when they say middle class, that's different to when we yep. say it. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Mm. It's different in the US too, isn't it? The US one would be closer to what we think, I think, I, yeah. I would imagine. Uh, but the, when the UK say it, they mean like upper middle mm. class. Upper they middle mean class. something yeah. else. So, and I've got this other one. This is from Britannica. Bourgeoisie, the social order that is dominated by the so-called middle class. In popular speech, the term connotes philistinism, materialism, and a striving for concern, striving concern for respectability. I, I thought this was nice because there's a couple of things here. The materialism, pretty obvious. They like stuff. Uh, the concern for respectability, I think, is the one that comes across that strikes me in the film. Is it's this, you know, going on about how you're meant to pour a martini mm. or, you know, the, these rules of... I mean, again, you know, we'll get into the flowers later, mm. but, but to, you know, you've got to come with a fucking gift or all these, these little things that you've got, you've got to... to or, the, or actually, with the food, all the food yeah. they order. Mm. It's, it's gourmet yeah. food. Yeah. You know, so... Um, and, and this idea, of, and this is nice here, philistinism. So philistinism is the attitude or quality of not caring about or understanding or liking good art, music or literature. Now, I take exception to this because this... <laughs> That's you. This is... <laughs> well, but this is... the I would charge most people, um, particularly on the left, with this today. I'd say they're philistines. Like, like, like they're, they're, they don't care about good, good art, musical mm. literature. They want to wreck it. They wreck yeah. the joint. So, I mean, this is a tricky one because I think when they, I think with what what that means in this context is, if you were going on only if you're only going on about classical music mm. and the classics and you know if you were like I only read, you know I, I only read Aeschylus in the Greek, <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's that's different. Like I'm talking about you know like knowing who Buster Keaton is. <laughs> yeah. You know that's that's different than than some of the shit they're talking about, but 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 that's the problem. Again, we talked touched on it last week with Max Moore. I I have a bit of a crisis watching these movies because I, I feel like um, I'm so nothing, like so middle class in in our sense that I don't, I can't, I, I have no gauge. Mm. You know, so I feel like. You know, you you look at the rich people stuff and you go, oh yeah, is that what goes on? Is it? Like, you know, and then <laughs> like like it's in Australia, it's it's you're just like us, like all our, I can see our backgrounds, they all look the same, uh, and then and or it's Snowtown, so 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 you you so you so you're in Snowtown, or it's us, or the next level up is Desperate Housewives or something. Yeah, that's it. That's the three levels. It's true, pretty much. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's my first thoughts. I I was obviously I was wrestling with class. I was like, what what does this mean? Yeah. You know, but this, but just to be clear, this movie's not about the mega rich. No, no, it's not. That's the point, Mm. right? Like, it's not. It's about it's about people who are comfortable. Mm. Yeah. And they're because because it's not the Davos elite. It's it's people who like a little bit of hand painted porcelain and and you know fond of machine painted wallpaper. But I, a question I had off the bat is, why are all these girls with such old guys? Is this a French thing? Like, all sure. the dudes are old, and all the chicks are just, like, sort of, I don't know, still in their 20s, or like, well, late 20s? 
Well, it's obviously disgusting, and it's obviously, <laughs> and it obviously is not what women want, and they're not doing it on that. That's not something they want to do. <laughs> they're being forced. They're just doing do it. it, and they're also not attracted to the money and the power. <laughs> no, that's the awkward thing. Is that is that, and and I'm fascinated by this. This, and I think that. Like women going out with gross old rich guys is a blight on, and always will be a blight on feminism because it's never going to stop. It's It'll be the year 3000 and we would have made so much progress. There'll be just like only chick presidents and stuff and there'll just still be 22-year-olds or whatever, 25-year-olds who are, who are just stacked going out with disgusting old gross rich guys. Yeah. And everyone will be like... Just looking at each other. And then, well, no, the new thing is when the rich guy dies, then they've got to talk about how they were, they were, it was an abuse setup. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> they've got to talk yeah. about how it was, how it was rape culture. <laughs> how it, rape culture made me do it. And you go, what does that mean? And they go, just, you know. Well, is, isn't the, the current French president uh, married to a woman who's like 25 years older than him? Yes. Ooh. Is. Macron. Mm. Because Trump made a big deal of it. Trump was like, he's a beautiful woman. <laughs> you know, like, like he was... Was he taking the he piss? He made a Well, I think it's just he, like, he was just overplaying it. Like, you know, you, <laughs> it's a bit like when you have a fit older person, you're like, oh, he's so vibrant, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You overplay it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he couldn't just be, he couldn't let it, her just be older. He had to make yeah, a big deal yeah. of it. <laughs> he couldn't push her down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So there are a few things I liked in this film. I, I, I like I like that the sister's a real booze hound. She keeps getting shit faced. Yeah, that's, I really like good. her. Yeah, she was good. Um, I like that she took the flowers back when um when, that, yes. when she wasn't going to be a guest <laughs> yes. at dinner. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yes, I always notice that. I'm like, oh wow, she took the flowers yeah, back. Yeah, she's like, fuck you. You're not getting these if you're not having it. <laughs> And you you imagine her putting them in her house yeah. when she gets home, yeah. <laughs> and and is that the same woman who's like really disgusted by the cello player? Yes. Because <laughs> I love that bit too. And they do this close-up of his playing. He, he's playing this passage with very intense vibrato. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I thought maybe it was some sort of sexual thing. I don't know. Like, mm. that she was disgusted. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. <laughs> pas supporter la vue de ce musicien. Lequel Le violoncelliste. Pourquoi vous n'aimez pas le violoncelle J'ai horreur de ça. Well, this movie you've just you've, you've identified a whole bunch of little details there why it's great. Like like I could think of a million of them. So uh, the the maid being mm. 52. <laughs> <laughs> But she's really you know? how old do you think she is like? She's probably she's 28. Hot yeah. Probably 28, 28. yeah. Yeah, yeah, hot and young. She's like I'm 52, and so I understand. Yeah. So that's good. And there's this woman who's in a bunch of his Ben Wells movies. Her name's Mooney, and she's got a bizarre performance in this. She tells the priest, the bishop, she makes a big deal in her in the in her very distinctive speech of saying how much she hates Jesus or hates God yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So remember her making a big deal of it. Hey. Je voulais vous dire une chose. Vous m'avez parlé, ma fille. Moi, je n'aime pas du tout Jésus-Christ. Oh. Depuis que je suis toute petite, je le déteste. So she was good, but it's just loaded with all of these these details that that you just can't 
you know like there's the, the bishop um meets someone and holds up his his hand for the person to kiss his ring and the guy just <laughs> yes. shakes his hand vigorously <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, I I love it when they get the 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 bishop to wear the um, Napoleon hat, <laughs> and he's disgusted hat. by it. Like he's just it's so inappropriate. <laughs> yes, yes, but they're having a ball. Yeah. They're having a ball. Well, actually, I think AJ, you hit on it. I uh, the reason I I keep coming back to this movie. It's it's ple- it's a pleasant watch despite some of the violence in it, and um, these people are well should be unlikable, but I like them. Mm. <laughs> I like them, and I was thinking this time, why do I like these rich assholes? And I, I, I think it's because and you can tell me what you think. I think I identify with some of their problems and their flaws. So, their poses, so am I. <laughs> so, you know, I identify with. I'm like, oh, they're 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 trying to be something they're not. So you go, you know, they they want to be liked. Mm. I think as well. It's and and isn't that we all show off in that way? Their dinners are plagued with spine tingling faux pas. Like, and, and it's all small stuff. But if people turned up to a dinner at your house, AJ, and you didn't know about it, and they all turned <laughs> yeah. up, and they're all dressed up and they've got the flowers, you'd be fucking horrified. Definitely. You'd be fucking horrified. Like. And so, you know, or what about getting drunk too early yeah, at a party? Like the sister, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've done that and, and, and that's horrible. Um, the dream about being on stage oh, is, ter- yeah. is terrifying. Terrifying. And as someone who's forgotten a line on stage, it's, it's just as bad as you can imagine it is. <laughs> and someone has they have to call the line out from the side and you're like, oh my God, you think your world is ending. And uh, but, but, but the idea in that scene, I guess, is that, that the guy... He just has this feeling that he's that he's screwed up, like that he he doesn't know he's somewhere and he doesn't know the lines, yep. you know. And it's the same with the um, the uh, the the bishop. Oh no, no, sorry, the the um, uh, the ambassador from Miranda, who's who's dastardly. Uh, he he has a dreams as as well that I can identify with. So he goes to a party where everybody slams mm. his home yes. country as being corrupt and stupid. And, and then he demands satisfaction. <laughs> well, but first, like before that, the bishop keeps attributing like great features <laughs> yes. of, of of South American lands to <laughs> yeah, Miranda, yeah. and Miranda's not. He's like, no, 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 that's not Miranda. <laughs> and so Acosta, the ambassador, says he says at one point, and this is why you like him. He says, I, f- I feel he feels like an imposter. He's, he's like. Um, I shouldn't be here. I, I'm going to go. You know, he can't. He can't escape. Mm. Someone yeah. comes down and they trap him in there, and then he demands satisfaction. But <laughs> so I, I think that I, that's what I got out of it this time. I was like, wow, like these are all should be um, unlikable. And and the Oscars, like the Modern Academy, wouldn't let you make this movie. Like you know, despite having given it again, they wouldn't let you make it. They they'd say, well, it's not diverse enough. But um, I just I, I like them. You know, mm. and despite all the terrible things they do. Yeah. You know, because they're sort of like they're neurotic and um, they're trying their best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't have a laugh track, and you're not like things are small yeah. and 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 you notice them. They're subtle. Mm. It's subtly funny, and mm. it's it's a treat. Yeah. Like the grass all over them when they <laughs> fuck outside after this. After this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they don't even like. Because they're talking to each other quite a bit before they go back. Like you'd think that they would mm. take go. Oh, you've got some some grass yeah, in your hair, no. but it takes it takes like this whole scene with the priest to notice it and the priest to kind of take mm. the grass out of the hair. Well, their dinners are. I mean, you know, I think probably people have written boring essays about this, but 
all of the dinners seem to be interrupted by a range of different things, but it's mainly sex and death, you know, uh, and all the spectre of those things, uh, among other things, uh, and horror. So the... The, that that's quite nice because they're overcome by this sort of teenage mm. lust, which is quite sweet to watch. Like you're you're like oh man, like yeah, that's go for it, you know. <laughs> and then then they sneak out to the to the garden, but they you know and and um uh and then other times it's like you know people come in and kill them all or you know yeah they find they see the dead body in the background. So there's, so there's this specter of of death and sex looming over over all these over all these these. Uh, these dinners. But even when they go in the back and see the dead body, and then then they're like, "Did he die in that suit?" That's gold. <laughs> like, and then they just continue on. Like, nobody thinks that they're a bad person for saying that. Like, it's not obvious. It's subtle. Move on. Yet it's hilarious. Did he die in yeah. that suit? Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, but the thing is, he took over that day as yeah. well. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they said it's a new management, yeah. right? Isn't that the guy? It is, yeah. Come in, come in. <laughs> come in. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so good. Why do all the soldiers look so soft and out of shape? Do <laughs> you want hard soldiers? <laughs> and they're, they're all reefer smoking and drinking freeloaders, you know. Well, I love it how they're like, no, we can't eat. And then they, the guy comes in and has to tell a story. And then they all sit down again <laughs> just to hear the story. Well, no, everyone in this movie is pretty keen to hear yeah. about people's dreams. Yes. Yeah. Whereas in real life, if you say I had this dream last night, everyone goes, oh, God. Yeah, I don't glaze know over. Like, like, actually, it doesn't even have to be about your dream. If most, like, as you enter, you know, deep adult life. You so you talk to people and you tell them anything about mm. your day and they're just they're like just go and die. Yeah. <laughs> like whereas in this in this movie they're like tell so they said I I must tell you I must such urgency yes. about this dream they had. Yeah. Well, Bunuel himself has put some of his dreams in this movie. That's right. right. Yeah. Some of his so, reoccurring dreams. Yeah. Oh. Was this trivia? Yeah. Yeah. I've got trivia? it in trivia. But <laughs> may as well. Uh, yeah. Talk about it now. Bring it forward. Uh, bring that yeah. forward. So he, um, I think it's the being on stage and forgetting the words. That's one of his mm. reoccurring dreams. Then the meeting a, a person who had died and then going in and the cobwebs everywhere. I think that's another one. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, a dream of waking up to see his dead parents staring at him. Jeez. Jesus. So. <laughs> that's, I, I, that's a question I had for you guys. Have you ever had, do, do you have re- reoccurring dreams? Yes. Really? I, I don't. I have dreams, but they're never reoccurring ones. I dream every night. Really? What do you... <laughs> oh, come on. Can't leave it there. No, I, my what reoccurring sort of dreams, I've had three dreams where I've won $18 million. That's a lot. Mm. No, no, it was a lot and it's slowly every year getting <laughs> yeah, not a right. lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is it mainly all money related or...? No, I do really weird... <laughs> I had a terrible one last night and I I, uh, I don't normally remember my dreams not really once in a blue moon really and I just had one last night it's it's I don't even want to go into details of it really it wasn't sexual don't worry <laughs> it was um it was it was just really banal and uh and it, the, the the tenor of it was essentially that I was a professional failure Oh. Like that, that, that was what I got. I woke up and it was just like a real, real specific, like, like, you know, 
um, that I was no good. And uh, so it was a nightmare, really. It was a, it was a, it was a, 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 a mundane nightmare. Could you get back uh, to sleep? And so, well, I, I was, I don't know. It was just after that, my cat was licking my head. <laughs> my, 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 my cat was licking my head because it's a long story. Anyway. <laughs> No one was getting back to sleep. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway, I had that last night. But, um, but yeah, it did get me thinking about the power of dreams. I suppose, like, because I don't, I'm not a dream guy. You know, like I don't, as in I don't. One of these people, yeah, who dreams every night or talks about their dreams all the time. So when they do happen, they're they're quite frightening. Mm. You know, most people like it. Maybe that's why people don't. Because the good thing about Bunuel putting his dreams in this is that sometimes, you know, the, your subconscious is doing the hard creative work for mm. you. It's putting together images. It's putting together things that arguably wouldn't be possible if you're awake. And so, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But other times, that's where you get, who knows? Maybe, I think Lynch uses similar sort of um, uh, processes. And, and maybe that's where we get some of this, these 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 interesting things, you know, that we can't we can't quite explain, um, mm. you know, uh, and I think that's what's missing from, you know, uh, the, the, the Disney factory mm. and yeah. the Marvel factory yeah. is that, um, you know, I mean, they might say, oh, yeah, yeah, I dreamt about this blue flame coming all around Thor's <laughs> hammer or something to say, <laughs> shut up, shut up. There's nothing, you didn't dream that, okay? You would, if it was in a dream, it'd be way worse. It'd be, you'd pick up Thor's hammer and you'd realize you're actually holding a really big dick or something. <laughs> and it would be scary, you know? You'd go, like, it would be... uh it's got teeth. Un, unexplainable. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like, it would just be... That's my problem with Inception as well. Like, the, 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 it's a corporate dream. Mm. All of his dreams... There was nothing scary about his dreams. Or his discreet charm, it's, it's, it's arguably a horror movie in parts because there are, you know... Um, well, the the, the, yeah, the scene where the kid finds out about his dad not being his dad, like he goes into this room and he just hears his mum, dead mum's voice coming from the the, the closet. That's freaky. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. And then he turns there around and he sees his like dead dad with like a gunshot wound in the face. And it's the it's the stark starkness of those images. Mm. It's just there with no no fanfare. Yeah. All the violence is like that in this movie because it, it's arguably the presumably the bishop ha- is having a dream later when he catches up with the killer of his parents and um, like calmly loads a shotgun yeah. and just shoots him <laughs> and then you see his face just with blood all over it. Uh, but that guy was like minutes away from death anyway. Oh, it's all right then. <laughs> no, but is that no, the rule? For, uh, for 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 a, for a bishop to do that, I guess you know, for for a man of the cloth, it's not good. It's not good. I, I don't think uh, they're usually into that. Do you think that the, the that some of the religious stuff is is a bit lost today? Yeah, I think so. Mm, Here, definitely. Like because fifty years ago, fifty years ago, religion was yeah. a big deal, um, and, and and your local priest might actually pay you a visit like yeah come into your home and mm. sit down mm. and then put on gardening clothes and <laughs> that was gold <laughs> get out in the garden do some work yeah. <laughs> well actually no th- th- it is hilarious because the idea of someone who's attained like if you were a bishop of his level presumably you'd have the world at your feet like he's got just everything you could ever want right and for him to say i want to be a gardener <laughs> Like I want to, I want to work. I want to tinker in your garden, and like I guess would is it would be seen as um, 
you know, because from our perspective, you're like, oh man, we'll just we've got a different attitude. We're like, do do what makes you happy. Mm. But if you're about attainments and and success and and power and everything, and you're like, just you know, that's th- this would be seen as the ultimate insult, really. And the way they treat him is it's weird because he gets disrespected uh, all the time as well. Like, but he's, they still bring him out to yeah. dinner, yeah. And, and he's wearing a just wearing a suit, part of the gang. Mm. Like he's yeah, and so he he occupies a very strange. Place. Yeah, he mm. does. Like when he's bringing in the wrong chairs, and he's seeing <laughs> that's that's grotesque as yeah. well, though. Like, like, like again. The more I think about it, the stuff that 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 really gets me in this is all of the stuff that you do, which is you're at a dinner party, you don't know where, where to sit or what's going mm. on, and someone tells you to get chairs, and you go and get them, and they're the wrong ones, and they go, oh, please go and get these other ones. And you go, okay, yeah. <laughs> like and, you know, <laughs> it's just dreadful. Even when she says sit wherever you want, and then tells them where to sit. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, is is the terrorist a terrorist? That chick? Yeah, I think so. Hot, hot terrorist. I, I, I was I was unconvinced. Yes. I wrote down these words. Whether whether she was a terrorist or not. I wrote down hot terrorist as well. Yeah. Um, no, she is. She's a Maoist. So uh, from Miranda, and I think she might be juiced in with the gang that killed them at the end, mm. in the final dream, final dinner. Um. Because they, yeah, no, she seems she seems legit to me. I don't I don't see I don't see evidence that that we're meant to take her. Is it because she's hot? Is that why you think she's not well, real? Just that and she she's never really uh, dressed for the part or and she I don't think she speaks at all. Does she? Oh yeah, she says Does some she? stuff when he when he tries it on with her. Right, she, but not a yeah. lot. Oh, she says Chairman Mal yes, is right no, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything. So she's a full leftist. Right. Um, when she breaks the lamp and the breaks the glass. <laughs> yes. I like that. Yes. Yeah. So it, yeah, me too. It's very, because it's, 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 again, very um, slow. Mm. Slowly picking it up. And yeah. it down. <laughs> champagne. Do you have a petit frère? Hmm? <laughs> and his reaction is like. I have a dinner party tonight and I must get ready. <laughs> That's the only reason <laughs> yeah. why he's not going to kill her. <laughs> That's a great scene. I love that yeah. scene. Um, and, I, and I always feel good because like, she's come to assassinate him. And on a, this movie is dastardly because, again, I want him to catch her. Mm. I, don't, I don't want her to succeed. Mm. And he's the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and I feel good when she gets taken away. <laughs> yeah. And that's 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 implicating me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, take that. Mm. You know, don't take away one of my characters. Why is the dog battery operated? <laughs> the one she shoots. <laughs> the one he shoots. It's wind up, isn't it? Yeah, she's. Is she selling those? She's like a street. That's obviously okay. So she's outside. The decoy. I reckon that's her her cover. Mm. Yeah, she's just like pretending to be a toy toy mm. salesperson outside, and he fucks with her by shooting her dog with a silencer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, childish. One uh, one thing I could have done without in this film is I think there's three or four occasions where uh, traffic noise or the sound of an aeroplane <laughs> just like swamps the soundtrack and you can't hear what they're saying for no apparent reason. But except except point? for the typewriter. I like the typewriter one because there's a guy at in the police station in the background typing. I thought we weren't meant to hear it. Well, that's the yeah. point. So, so the 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 
in those instances, it, well, in the typewriter one, it's clearer because he clearly says, he's like, why am I letting these people, I've arrested these people, mm. why am I letting them out? And then when he tries to give the explanation, it, it's drowned out by this typewriter. Mm. But the other times, yeah, I mean, that's just another surreal joke that he's done is the idea that um, uh, information would be hidden behind these these loud things and we don't hear the explanations for them. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's all right. You, you don't have to like it. Uh, but well, I don't know. I, there are a few things like that which I I, I don't I don't I'm, I, I don't know. You know, like because um you know I I flip flop on those things. I'm like I'm like, is it good? Because because the other thing like, is that I don't think they occur enough times for it to sort of be a thing. You know, mm. it's like that. But then again, this movie—the thing you would get on it, the thing you would criticize if you were going to do criticize anything—you'd say, "Oh, it's uneven," mm. or you'd say it's episodic, or, or uh, you know, things aren't things aren't paid off. But that's the point. So, and maybe so. I know it becomes critic-proof in a way when you when you go down that route. But then again, if everything coming out of of Hollywood is so predictable. Then all of this stuff is is would be such a delight because you go. I mean, the French have been doing it forever. Like like in in Vivre Savi, uh, a, a Godard film, he famously did a a whole scene. Um, it's a widescreen black and white film of the back of Anna Karina's head for a whole scene. You know, and like that's such an outrage for 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 Hollywood. If you got a Hollywood sensibility and you were on a Hollywood set, no one would ever let you get away with that. Like if you had the, the main actress and she's beautiful as well. I don't care. I said it. She's beautiful. And you're not allowed to. I know you're not allowed to say anyone's beautiful now, but she's. <laughs> and uh, anyway, to get this beautiful woman staring, like, like like shooting the back of her head for like five minutes. Mm. If the, the producer would turn up and say, "Okay, you're fired. We're getting someone else." Mm. You know what I mean? So so there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that is the same. It's just like things aren't paid off. Things things don't make sense. There are characters given whole scenes that we've never even met before mm. you know like it's yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. that we never see again <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah yeah well like a, a soldier so in a restaurant just like that's right wants to sit down at your table and wants to tell you a story about his dream you know? <laughs> well you can think about the nolan christopher nolan version of this movie it would be very it would yeah everyone who uh, it would be a lot more organic mm. it, it Everyone who we saw in the first fifteen minutes would be would keep coming yeah. back or be paid off. They'd all have their own little story. They'd all have their own little thing, and there would be there'd be no loose ends. And at the end, we'd go ah, and that was and they had their dinner. They weren't <laughs> just know? walking along a road. <laughs> no, that's right. You know, uh, one thing I thought that was going to happen when they got arrested was that they were going to have like a fancy dinner inside the prison. Oh, which and I was a bit disappointed <laughs> that didn't happen. That would have been cool. You would, yeah, okay, well that could have happened. Like that's on the cards, isn't yeah. it? Or, or they get, or they get their prison food and they're all sitting around and they're just talking the same bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, so you're, you're tr- that is, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Final it song. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, it's slim pickings tonight, AJ. Keeper or creeper, as oh. you know. Uh, there's not a lot going on, but I thought I'd just get a couple of contrasting offerings okay. for you. So, Fernando Ray as Rafael Acosta, uh, the ambassador of Miranda. Now, ambassador. It's true. So, diplomatic class. You know, you've got uh, access to the diplomatic pouch. I don't mm. know if that means anything to you, but that's... It's got I'm pure sure cocaine. 
Well, he's, <laughs> you know, it's uh, party drugs uh, might be on the cards. So he is a he is a high value man. People don't say this often enough now, but I think we should bring it back. A Latin lover. Mm. Yeah. You know, like people don't say that now. <laughs> like if you were like, oh, he's a Latin lover. <laughs> and people would say, what? <laughs> the fuck did you say? And and then you go, oh, I mean, it's just, he's, it's, yeah, he's a romantic guy. Uh, so anyway, as Ricky alluded to earlier, he's probably 60 <laughs> years yeah. old yeah. or near enough or maybe over. Mm. Uh, but then again, it is the seventies, so he could be forty-two. <laughs> um, uh, he's got a taste for the finer things, mm. so yeah, he's got he's got side hustles. He does. So he's motivated That's at true. least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and finally, he might have to return to Miranda one day, and Miranda sounds not great. No. Doesn't sound good. Insta- uh, an unstable region. So, you know, you don't, you, you got to go back home eventually. Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, Joe Hockey's coming back mm. soon. So, Sh- shithole country. Um, yeah. Sh- yeah. As Trump would say, sh- <laughs> shithole country. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. That's, that's Rafael Acosta. Mm. Next up, uh, Julian Bertho as Monsieur uh, Dufour, the bishop. So, another man at the other end of life, shall we say. Mm. But, I think this means he's got a bit of a chill vibe, you know? Like, you don't want some young buck, like Lil Pump or whatever. <laughs> too, too too much energy. That's true. You know, like, that's too much. Mm. They're, not, they're not chill about anything. Um, he's had a high-profile job, but he's currently retraining. That's true. Um, he's developed a green thumb. Yeah. So, I don't know if that appeals to you. He's a cheery fellow, but maybe a little bit of baggage. I his parents were murdered with arsenic uh, by someone they never found him. So I don't know. and he does he does maybe talk about that every now and then. Tell you about it, but I'm sure you know nothing will nothing will happen. Anyway, uh, finally he might have some traditional values. That's values. true. So I don't know where you sit. I know now we're in a very polarized time now, so tra- traditional values might not be where it's at, but. You just got to make the decision there. <laughs> okay. All right. So first up, Rafael Acosta, the ambassador, keeper or creeper. Okay. So hear me out. He, okay. Mr. Grabby Hands, oh, looked yeah. like. Are you he, talking about when he frisks yeah. her? Yeah. But it, but it kind of was yeah. hot. Yes, it was because he went straight <laughs> for the boobs as well. Just bang Titty bang. grab, and yeah, he yes. looks quite powerful even in his old age. True. But yeah, nah. Just thought I'd bring it up. (laughs) Very close. I'm glad we're all on the same page about that. Uh, uh, Monsieur Dufour, the bishop. So, keeper or creeper? Well, I really liked when he put the hat on, the gardening hat on, and he had a big smile. Yeah, he he looked really jolly. So, he could be my granddad. Um, (laughs) Creeper. Yes. Creeper. I thought you were going to say you had a granddad fetish. <laughs> I don't, but I would fuck Larry David in his well in his seventies. So would I. Yeah. See. So. <laughs> same. Same. Excellent. Well, um, you guys can go and do that. Uh, okay. So I got some trivia for you guys. Uh, 
So the producer, sensing that he had a pretty special film, he decided not to wait until May to premiere it at the Cannes Film Festival. Instead, he released it in the fall of 72, specifically to make it eligible for the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. So Bunuel was famously indifferent to awards and jokingly told a reporter that he had already paid $25,000 in order to win the Oscar. (laughs) And it, it did win the Oscar. And uh, the producer accepted uh, on the award on Bunuel's behalf at the ceremony. Uh, but at the Academy's request, Bunuel posed for a photograph whilst holding the Oscar, but he decided to wear a wig and oversized sunglasses. <laughs> so that's some, that's some Trey Parker, Matt Stone shit. Right that there. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> And he was old as well. He at this was, point. yeah. Right. Well, he was credited as creating the sound effects for the film, and he was almost deaf at the time. Oh wow! Oh wow! So, yeah. uh, Budwell used video playback monitors on the set for the first time in his career, resulting in vastly different a vastly different style than any of his previous films. Uh, so he included zooms and travelling shots uh, instead of his usual close up and static camera framing. Uh, it also resulted in Budwell being more comfortable on set and in limiting his already minimal direction to technical and physical instructions, and this frustrated the actors. Oh. So, you know, because the actors, they always want to know about motivation and shit like that. I get the sense that, you know, the, the film does have that... It comes across, it's, it, it, this idea. That's why it's dangerous, because you get the... Everyone, no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. although, although they do know what they're doing, but it's they're not all on the same yeah, page, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's why it's a bit electric, you know? You're sort of... That anything can happen, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. That's 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 great. And my last bit of trivia here: in an interview, John Landis confessed that this film is one of his favourites, and that the "Dream Within Dreams" gag in American Werewolf in London was heavily inspired by the plot of this film. Huh. Yeah, this movie is very influential. Oh. You know who loves it the most? Well, Wes Anderson. Oh, really? He's obsessed with Bunuel. Mm. So. You know, that's what you'll get out of it, out of this little cycle, is that you'll get an insight into mm. him. So, yeah, he's, he loves it, loves it all. Well, here are the reviews. Uh, so the film was obviously a big hit, Academy Award winner. Um, it, it did well at the box office in both Europe and the US, and it was critically praised pretty much around the globe. So Ebert called it a comedy, but noted that Bunuel's comedies were more like a dig in the ribs, sly and painful. Vincent Camby wrote in his 1972 review of the film that uh, in addition to being extraordinarily funny and perfectly acted, the discreet charm moves with the breathtaking speed and self-assurance that only a man of Bunuel's experience can achieve. Bunuel, he he later said uh, that he was disappointed with the analysis that most film critics made of the film. He also disliked the film's promotional poster, which is uh, like a pair of lips with legs and a derby hat. (laughs) <laughs> it is a stupid poster. I, I've never liked it. It just never liked it. I, yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to. It, it doesn't really match anything in the film, really. Well, it's just very obvious because they're just they're, they're trying to. It's to, zany, they're going. Oh wacky. well, you know. Well, no, it's like sexy mm. legs, but they're all about they're they're trying to eat all the time, so the mouth and and they're also rich, so they've got like a hat, a rich hat. <laughs> Stupid. Might as well have been one of those fake chickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually really like like that scene. So this Me is too. just before 
just before the curtains come up on the play that that they're just randomly in uh, mm. and they're sitting at yet another dinner table about to eat food and that the waiter brings his two and he drops the chickens <laughs> and and you see him pick them up and I'm like you know I'm thinking to myself oh shit you know they they're going to complain that how are we supposed to eat these chickens that have been on the floor you know but then there these rubber chickens and the curtain comes up so it's pretty funny. Well, they slowly realise everything in that scene. They go and drink the alcohol, and they say, "This t- this is this whiskey tastes like quasi cold." <laughs> yes. No, but what I love the most is as soon as the curtains come up, three uh, three of the gang they just bolt. Yes. They just run off stage. Yes. 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 I, I've I've thought about this for years. <laughs> like, um, it's so real and so, <laughs> you know, because. Not everyone would just yeah. sit there. People would go, "Oh my God, what's happening?" And they just take off yeah. straight away. And 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 it's sort of like the the bishop sits there and he delivers some half-assed mm. line. And then that poor, you know, other guy, he's sweating, sweating. Bullets, sweating yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Great scene. Mm. Just a couple of things with the Me Too meter tonight. Now, because oh, this was a really difficult one. I have to get your ideas after I give you these two. Just these two big ones. So. Bunuel is obsessed with class, and that's old world thinking. We know now that the main indicators of oppression and victimhood are gender, sexuality, and race. No one, not one character is LGBTQI+, which makes uh, this the immediate equivalent of Birth of a Nation or Triumph of the Will, uh, as we know. But if there were LGBTQI plus characters, then they would need to be actual LGBTQI plus actors, as Tom Hanks has said. People want authenticity. The movie is about the wrong people. And if it was about the right people, then most likely the wrong people would be playing the parts. (laughs) (laughs) Am I in Inception? (laughs) Is this a dream or not? That's the way these people think. They go, they would, they, they just, they would look at this and go, "Oh, this is no good." And if it was good, it wouldn't be right. It'd be the wrong, wrong, right one. And second up, we we all thought this, so I thought I'd bring it up. The hot terrorist. Okay, there's a scene when a young Maoist comes to assassinate Acosta, and he does, as we've said, a rather suspect patting down of her. And commits some microaggressions and says something like, yeah, you, you, you're more built for love Ooh. than war or something like that, which is a kinky thing mm. to say. Pretty good line, uh, really. It is good. <laughs> it is good, especially when people when people sub in the word love for sex. I always, it's very, it's something. It's big, you know. Uh, we, much like them, uh, we, much like then, sorry, have uh, leftist revolutionaries attempting to overthrow the world order and begin year zero or whatever and um, after having reviewed many hours of footage from the portland seattle blm and for antifa rights of 2020 i've concluded that if the protesters were as hot as this chick then i'd be down with the program (laughs) (laughs) i will happily get lectured to about my white privilege or whatever the thing's going on as long as it's not by the blue haired pigs you see at these things you see i think hotness could be the their best weapon. Unfortunately, and here's the here's the rub: if you're hot, you don't care about power and privilege because you're swimming in it. Huh? Well played. <laughs> so anyway, but that just occurred to me. I honestly, I I I, I was like, this chick is, was was outstanding, and I was like, wow, like if you, how come the people going on about all of this leftist shit are such dogs? Yeah. I don't get it. Like. 
that that could be their biggest power. They should only recruit hot. They should say, okay, we need we need front men. We need like Jim Morrison types. You know, like the the female equivalent of Jim Morrison. We need someone up the front who's hot who says because um, they always get they're on the downward slide as well. They go, oh, like you know. It's like, you know, this is cheap because she wasn't particularly involved, but it's like you get someone like Ashley Judd, you know, and she's she's not hot Ashley Judd now. She's mumsy, <laughs> old Ashley Judd, and she's saying mad shit, and you're like, oh, fuck, like, just be great, and be, and then I'll listen. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if this is going to catch on, but uh, <laughs> overall, overall, look, the film just has a general air of cishet maleness. That's all I'll say. There's something, you know, not quite right. There's hot women in it, and you get the feeling that that Bunuel is, you know, that a, that a, a titty's going to pop out or something at some <laughs> point, and that's 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 no good. So I mean, I don't know what you what you think. Did did anything particularly did, jump there out? There was at one you scene from? that that we haven't mentioned, and that's when the ambassador is about to smash one of his friend's wives so they're having yes. an affair and she's th- yes. they're about to do it and she says turn the light off it hasn't healed yet and he's just like seems annoyed that he has to turn the light off and then he's just <laughs> i don't know i just felt like there was a little bit of pressure there to you know have sex before she was kind of physically ready <laughs> it's yeah, like she, she'd geez. given birth earlier or something you know <laughs> Oh wow, that's that is it's that's one of those things. It's all question yeah. marks that you go. Oh, what does that yeah. mean? But I feel like because the couple, the married couple, were so keen to get it on, that kind of mm. takes away from the affair because we don't see many couples True. into it. But but again, as I've said before, it wasn't a thruple, and she wasn't like pegging him. Like well, so, he did say you know, that she's a screamer. Yes. I know, but so I don't know what the I don't. He did say that, but I don't know what the rules are now. Like, is that good? Like, like is that because because you know, are we meant? Because there is that whole thing of like, oh, you know, what women women love it just as much. They love it more than men. Like, like you've got to. Is there's that whole thing going on now? So is that is that good? Like that she's a screamer or, or is it not? Like if you go, oh, she's a screamer. Does the people go? Oh, what are you saying? What are you saying that she's that she that that it's like. You know, having sex like a man is good. And no, like, that there are people it? in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if it's a conservative chick, she's a screamer. If it's a a, a progressive blue haired mob, it's a it's a starfish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, something's not right there. But uh, oh, look, uh, what honestly, what do you, what do you think of this movie in terms of? The Me Too Minute. Would is this movie offensive or? Well, we not? didn't see any boobies. We saw a nipple. I, know, I was crest. I was cre- I was crestfallen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few few of those things. I think are minor discretions, like the feeling of the, the feeling up of the terrorist, and you know. But he is meant to be a pig. Yeah, right. and he yeah. loves it. And he fully felt those titties. Yeah, but I think mm. I think a, 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 a woke person's perspective would be it's just not diverse enough. Mm. You know? They just look at it and go, but, what, what is this? There's no, there's no black people. But wouldn't they say, no... that's true, it's not diverse enough, but would they say it's their culture? Maybe. No, it's because it's white French. culture. They're, 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 oh, they're just okay. like the British. They they went out and colonised a whole bunch of places in Africa. And, oh, you know. that's the rule. Okay, so it's like, yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> and, do, do, uh, and are France, does France... 
are they into all that stuff? Like, I mean, I can't. I'm not sure. The stuff I some of the stuff I read out of France, no, like Catherine Deneuve, who worked with Bunuel in Belle de Jour, she's she's not down with. She would not be down with the Me Too yeah. reader. She said, um, "I don't want or something like, um, you know, let's not." Uh, I don't. Want, I like it when men flirt with me and, yeah. and like you know play footsie mm. and you know fill me up. Basically, I like it when men take a pass at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like you know she she's she's going all for it. You know, so I don't know. I don't know what the what the French think. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I think it's pretty low on the meter. Yeah, now, I think so too. Okay, well I'll follow the herd and say it's pretty low too. <laughs> I do just want to, so maybe three, you know, four, three out of ten, maybe. Mm. I wanted to let you know that if you do go to a French person's dinner, what to bring as a, a, a hostess gift in France. This is from Frenchly.com. Oh. So in France, the, the, the big three gifts to, to bring a dinner, to bring to dinner, are chocolates, flowers, and a bottle of something. Don't bring chrysanthemums. They're for funerals. Don't bring a bouquet of red carnations. That means you don't like the host. <laughs> don't bring an all-white bouquet. They're just for weddings. Don't bring an all-yellow bouquet. That that means unfaithfulness. Why would you signal that? Why would you say unfaithful? <laughs> uh, you're unfaithful. Don't bring, you're unfaithful. Don't bring red roses unless you're in love with the host. Don't bring an odd number of flowers except 13, which is bad luck. For some reason, bringing an even number of flowers is bad. Now, will your host count your flowers and give you the stink eye <laughs> if you brought 12? It's unlikely, but why take the chance? Uh, do arrive on the early side if you're going to be uh, at a big dinner party. You don't want to make the host hunt for a vase or a vase at the same time everyone else is arriving. So there you go. Uh, that's the flower thing. I, I guess it's what, a French thing. What do they think of people who, who check their phone you know, 20 times during the meal? And not just check it, like scroll. Jerk. Write a text. <laughs> not even that, just social media scroll. Well, it's true. I think don't think they'd be that into did it. Did I do that when we had dinner? No, no I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, no. You can't do it. Frank I, I, was just in the car for ages. <laughs> he, he had work to do, though. Sure he did. No, he did. He did. <laughs> no, but I've, I've actually been to a French dinner and and someone was doing that was scrolling not a french person an australian person was like scrolling through and i was like did they like that did they appreciate it well that? i i couldn't tell but my wife and i we were just looking at each other like at the corner of our eye going what the fuck man who the fuck is this guy but that's the thing this movie's making fun of like like obviously some of the stuff the the manners and all that is a bit overdone but then again you know i feel i feel like we could do with some of those Mm, some some of the rules are okay, like like how to make a martini. I don't know about mm. that, or I mean, making fun of people <laughs> who don't know how to drink a martini <laughs> or whatever. That's a piece of thing to do. But 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 not having your phone on the fucking table mm. or, or or scrolling all the time or showing me fucking memes. Don't show me memes. No. <laughs> don't show me memes. Well, it's like it's the equivalent of when people were first showing movies around, like um, YouTube videos. Yeah. People got on YouTube yes. and like, yeah, look at this. No, but this memes is funny. isn't memes the new it's the new slideshow, yeah. right? It's like you saying, Yeah, look at my fucking slideshow. Like here we go. Oh, this is me in Switzerland and you go, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know, isn't this meme funny? And I'm like, Well, just send it to me later. Like <laughs> we're at dinner, man. Like 
you know so you know you've got me rolled up <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that's good the phone thing's not good people don't need to bring stuff the flowers I, I don't know my wife might like flowers natives mm. is what she prefers um but yeah just <laughs> just don't just don't you're known to bring a bottle of wine yeah so i, I do and I, you I, don't I, drink I do that yeah no oh. well it's you know it's you just got to be um yeah, like you, you, you got to you got to put in a bit of effort. You can't uh, you can't just roll up uh, empty-handed, <laughs> no, because because it's a symbol of much more than you think. It's hospitality mm. is 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 a big deal. It's like, you know, give me give me warmth and shelter for the night. You know, it's like let's let's break bread mm. together. All that yeah. stuff. It's not just like you know, I've just come to to throw on the feed yeah. bag and <laughs> and then well, bounce. What, what, I, I showed you those memes, didn't That's I? Right. Why do I <laughs> also have I'm to bringing. bring you? Yeah. <laughs> do I also have to bring you a bottle of wine? I showed you all those cool memes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, that's that's probably enough. I think um, we will we'll continue on with uh, well, I, I think uh, at least one more. I, I, I think. I was thinking maybe he did uh, another couple of good ones we could watch. Phantom of Liberty might be good. That could be another bad one to talk about. Okay. Have a think about it. All right. Uh, for this evening, though, we said what we said. Yeah. No, not, nothing too bad. <laughs> mild, mild. Episode. Yeah, I think so. Right. All right. Well, until next time, uh, long live the new Flash. Long live the new Flash. Do I also have to bring you a bottle of wine? I showed you all those cool memes.